0: We're in very turbulent times at the moment, and none more turbulent uh, than those who are without shelter or have tenuous leases uh, in in renting their home. I'm really glad that we can bring you some help and advice from uh, Shelter WA via Lisa Kazilak. Lisa, a very good day to you, and thanks for being there, first up. How are you coping with the lockdown?
1: Oh, Tony, thank you as well for um, the opportunity to speak to you and your listeners today. How are we coping? Well, working from home is the first thing, I suppose, and lots of Zoom meetings. And look, the time is pretty tense, particularly for the most vulnerable people in our community, no doubt.
0: Indeed. And with Shelter WA, you're closer than uh, most. And uh, you've done, the group has done research, uh, is active in the streets. Obviously, you'd be feeling the effect of this. Before we get into changes in the laws and tenancy agreements, What's your reading from pe- uh, people at Shelter WA about the impact on people in the last month or so?
1: Yeah, thanks, Tony. Look, we represent um, the community sector who provide housing and homelessness services as the peak body. And, look, we've, we've been in you know daily meetings with our, our members and what they're seeing on the street um, is, is pretty tough. Um, there's, there's a lot of anxiety amongst our rough sleepers in... Um, in-person, regional WA, and there's a lot of issues around being able to provide them the care they need at this time to ensure they don't contract COVID-19. And so given their risk factors with comorbidities, action is required really quickly. Um, the other issue that, that we're, we're seeing is that people who have insecure um, housing such as board, uh, if they're, you know, boarding and lodging in, in non-regulated environments, or they have insecure tenancies. You know, the stress of potentially losing income or jobs is creating significant issues around how they maintain their tenure and their home. Um, particularly given that we all need to self-isolate, and if you don't have a home, you can't self-isolate.
0: And also uh, on the street, it's very, very tough anyway. But when you often rely on the kindness of strangers or you might do something like busking or offering to do odd jobs, all of those options have pretty much disappeared for people who don't have shelter. So not only do they have the risk of COVID, but they also have increased pressure on not only where they sleep, but how they can get little bits of help from those willing to give them a hand up. Absolutely, and
1: look, the day centers that operate here in the Perth metro and down in Frio are doing their absolute best to keep providing necessary basic services to those people who are sleeping rough. But the other thing too is our services are really struggling because the number of volunteers has declined. Most of our volunteers that assist our service providers are themselves in the high-risk category um, as they're older West Australians. So there's lots of different pressures which are compounding an urgent need for action uh, from the state government to ensure that our most vulnerable are looked after during this time and post the COVID environment.
0: Indeed, and it would be very difficult at the moment uh, trying to get volunteers because uh, everyone's self-isolating and we do have the risk of if you go out into the streets that uh, you might take on some risk yourself and people would be wondering about that. But would I be correct, Lisa, in saying that if people contact Shelter WA and say, look, how can I help, that uh, provisions are in place for volunteers to have protection and to do things that uh, don't expose them to risk.
1: Yeah, so there's a couple of ways that people can help and we're getting inundated with calls from the community, which is really great. So the two best ways to help, um, particularly in in the requirement of of wanting to be safe in in helping people, is to sign up as volunteers through the Volunteering WA uh, website They've got a platform there specifically in response to COVID-19 that people can volunteer their time um, and agencies and service providers can access that. The other, um, often the other query we get is around donating goods. So obviously at the moment it's a bit tricky receiving donated goods because we need to make sure that things are sanitised and safe for the end users. But um, there are certainly options in terms of providing, you know, um, short-term needs. And certainly, you know, you're welcome to call uh, Shelter WA um, or reach out to service providers directly.
0: Well, that's great, Lisa, and I urge people to do that. Now, Lisa, um, there have been moves at a federal, state and even a local government level to try and take some of the pressure, pressure off both tenants and landlords. What's your reading uh, of the changes that are being made and how will they help us here in WA?
1: Yeah, look, I think it's really important to acknowledge um, the leadership at a federal level and through the National Cabinet a couple of weeks ago where um, the request for states to develop legislation to enact um, a moratorium on evictions during this COVID-19 response time. It was really pleasing yesterday to see the announcement from Premier McGowan that legislation will be going through to the WA Parliament this week to set some um, guidelines and rules around how that moratorium will work during the COVID-19 response time. We're certainly looking forward to seeing the bill and working through the details. But what that means is a couple of things. So really this is a time for landlords and tenants to work together because they both have an interest in uh, having someone living in their home and also someone having a home. So a couple of things to to think about. Tenants, if they need to self-isolate, need somewhere to do that. So we need to maintain their home. The issue that we are finding is that lots of people, as you would see in news reports, are losing their jobs, their income um, has become more volatile or they've lost income completely. I mean, the the queues at Centrelink are a great example of that. And the estimations of a 10% unemployment rate going forward in the next few months is pretty scary. So in order to ensure that people are not under additional stress during this time, the moratorium on evictions during the COVID response allows tenants to create some space for themselves and to to start talking with their landlord around how they can address their rental arrears or pay their rent if they're struggling due to COVID-19 impacts. So, What's good for landlords is that the conversation happening. We don't want to see people evicted into homelessness because they can't pay their rent on no, time.
0: Yeah, indeed. And is there going to be any more input from groups like Shelter WA as this evolves? Because these are not finished provisions because the, I think the governments all around, state, federal and local, are still adapting and fine-tuning their response. Um, is there opportunity for groups like yours to be involved in that process?
1: Absolutely, and we keep talking with um, the Department of Mines and Industry Regulation and Safety here, who are responsible for consumer protection laws and tenancy laws. We are opening dialogue with organisations Real Estate Institute to ensure that we can all work together on this issue. And, of course, Tenancy WA, which provides tenancy advice to to tenants, we're also working in close partnership. Um, So there are opportunities, but I guess the message from our perspective is that We need urgent responses and to to keep the conversations happening quickly.
0: Well, this conversation is going to continue after a short break, Lisa. Um, I'm speaking with Lisa Kazalak from Shelter WA, the public policy officer. When we return, we're going to have a look at uh, the effect of the tenancy problem, um, specifically to younger people and older people, possibly the most uh, vulnerable in our community. Back in a moment. Back with Lisa Kazalak from Shelter WA. And Lisa, thanks again for your time. I mean, you've got your life uh, to live as well, but you've had extra pressure as it has everyone at Shelter WA and related agencies. How are you coping first up?
1: Look, you know, we're okay. We have a home. So that's the most important thing. And we're able to actually work on behalf of our community and our members. So I think that's a real privileged position to be in. But certainly it's stressful. The times are stressful for everyone.
0: Indeed, I'll speak about uh, older Australians and people on pensions and people who are seeing their superannuation disappear in a moment. But first up for young people, I was homeless on the streets of Sydney when I was about 20 years old and it was tough back then. And and with this coronavirus, I imagine what that would have been like when there was a deadly health scare such as we've got now. And it's quite a frightening thing. We have a lot of young people who couch surf or don't have shelter and sleep rough in the streets. We've got other people who want to flee uh, a domestic violence situation or other sorts of things. We've got a lot of young people who are now under more stress than ever. But the ones we can possibly help on on, uh, the level of good advice is what if you're a young person, you've lost your job, And uh, your landlord is saying, well, look, if you don't have next fortnight's rent in, I'm going to evict you. Because despite the changes in laws that have been announced, there are going to be some landlords out there who have a generally predatory nature. What can young people do, first of all, to keep a roof over their head or to find a roof to put over their head? Yeah,
1: look, Tony, this is a really serious issue. And... And young people and older um, are becoming bigger parts of our our, our group of homeless people um, experiencing homelessness. But let's have a look at the the youth issues. The first thing we're saying to anyone out there who's renting, if you lose income or you lose your job, you must alert your landlord as soon as possible and start making arrangements with them. So that you don't lose your accommodation it is absolutely critical now that's really
0: yeah it's really important a lot of people uh, get into problem when they can't pay their bank back or their landlord and as you say the biggest step is to put something in writing saying what your situation is and your good intentions because without that many of steps to follow that could help can't happen is that so
1: yeah, correct. And look, we are looking at ways in which we can try to develop a toolkit to help tenants, particularly young people, um, negotiate through this process, you know, how they can pay their rent to make sure they don't end up on the streets. That's something that we are working on at the moment as well, which would be a great initiative. Um, but I think the most important thing is be upfront. Don't be scared to to inform your landlord that you are having financial difficulties. Um, There's nothing worse than than, um, hiding behind the problem. It's really important to be courageous and and put forward the fact that you are facing financial difficulty. Look, there are going to be people out there who who won't play by the rules when the legislation comes in. Unfortunately, we can't do much about that. But if you are honest and have a good conversation, that is the first step to keeping, keeping your home safe.
0: And I guess um, it's really important for people if they email or write a snail mail letter to keep a copy so that they can show that they've uh, done the right thing and had good intention.
1: Absolutely. Keep a copy of everything you do. Um, And, you know, email if you have access to technology is obviously really helpful because it has time and date stamps on it, but certainly... um, Certainly keep copies of information. If you are in a position where you aren't able to negotiate uh, a good solution, you can reach out to community legal centres and tenancy advocate groups to seek some additional legal advice um, as they are also available to help you.
0: And of course, Shelter WA, if people don't know what these agencies are, they can contact you on the web or by phone and find out uh, what you can offer and related agencies are available to help because it's really important in this confusion and fear out there that people realise that there is a way to navigate through and people like Shelter WA are there for that reason. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And look, Shelter WA... Um, On our website, we have a COVID-19 specific page, which you can go to to get extra information about what's happening out there. Um, So certainly feel free to reach out to us and we can help you navigate the system, which can be really complex at times.
0: Indeed, and particularly for people who don't have English as a first language or have mental health or general health problems. And that's particularly so of older West Australians at the moment. And I'm hearing stories now of uh, people on uh, pensions, uh, older people whose superannuation has been decimated and who aren't getting the income uh, weekly from uh, their savings if they've got them and a lot of people are facing eviction. And many of these people, Lisa, are, are frail, unwell, and not really used to standing up for themselves. And it just worries me that there are so many older people who can't self-advocate, and maybe you could let them know that they're uh, welcome to uh, hook up with Shelter WA and get the sort of help they need.
1: Yeah, look, it is worrying, and it, there's you know plenty of that are out there, Tony, which demonstrates that older people are, uh, are a growing risk to homelessness, experiencing homelessness, particularly older women. Um, and of course, you know, the share markets and, and incomes have been decimated, as you say. There are a couple of ways that older people can connect um, for, for, with organisations for help. But obviously, there's the Council on the Ageing who are the advocacy group for older West Australians, and I would recommend them definitely reaching out to COTA. Of course, Shelter WA has information on our website as well. But, you know, the same advice applies for older people as it does for younger people. Just get out there on the front foot and, you know, make the call, um, send the email if you can, and just talk through the issues you're facing. We want everyone to feel empowered and safe at this time of crisis.
0: And I just had a little flash that uh, if people uh, aren't able to volunteer, they can still make a difference in their own community and family because there are many uh, older people and even some younger people who don't have access to the web or are not technically minded and don't have a smartphone. All of us can help if we can check up on those around us and say, hey, look, um, did you know that there's this place called Shelter WA? Would you like me to print something out or call them for you? And all of the people who are technologically uh, disadvantaged could really use our help, couldn't they?
1: They certainly could. And I think this speaks to a, a bigger issue around community spirit and, and, you know, the phrase that we're all, we're all hearing through the media, we're, we're all in this together. So I think if we can help people around us keep an eye out for an, an elderly neighbour or, you know, young people that we know might be at risk of homelessness, caring for each other at this, at this time is really critical.
0: Yeah, reach out and help out. Lisa, I hope to speak to you again in coming weeks as things develop. Thank you very much to you and everyone at Shelter WA, including the legendary Royston Hardy. Give him a hug for me uh, after the event. And um, I'd just uh, like to say thank you for working through this and everyone at Shelter WA, and I hope we can speak again soon.
1: Thanks, Tony. I've really enjoyed our time today. And yes, I will give a Royston a hug, but it'll be a virtual one.
0: Ah, that's wonderful. Lisa Kazalak. thank you very much. Speak soon.
1: Thank you, Tony.